Top chat with Father Stan Fortuna. So I'm joined here by Father Stan Fortuna, who's one of the uh, main speakers at the New Dawn Conference in Walsingham uh, this summer. Uh, Father Stan, uh, really good to see you. Now, you've just come back from Sydney. Um, if you can put it into words, how was that whole experience? Well, the whole experience for me was great. It was a really busy time, but it was a great time. And just to see the universal dimension of the church, that universality is just so beautiful when you actually see it, you know, right in front of you, you know, streaming by with thousands and thousands and thousands of young people, you know, representing their countries with flags and with uh, the flavor of, of their culture and the flavor of the faith, you know, and then to see that penetrating and permeating the Australian culture and the Australian church was just such a beautiful enrichment, you know, and it's a, it's a magnificent testimony to see Catholic power in action when it's unleashed because I mean there's no what other event what other person can can affect everything from the police force to the economics to the finance to the traffic divisions I mean every element of life was impacted whether they liked it or not whether they believed it or not whether they supported it or not there were some negative rumblings but the majority of it was just overwhelmingly positive and just to see the impact of Catholic power unleashed is just a, was a was great great spectacle yeah, excellent. And of course, uh, you did uh, a few concerts out there, which is great. And, and uh, before the vigil, uh, yeah, two in, in Melbourne, the, two in Melbourne, and seven in Sydney. Yeah. And how was that? Especially the one just before, because you you actually did a concert before the Pope arrived on the Saturday night for the vigil. How how was that? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was you know the, the stage was just so massive, and and the whole place was so massive. It, it was like it was it was almost surreal because you really you could hardly see anybody and you could hardly hear anybody but so far away from them but um but just being part of the whole event it was was great yeah, so now listen obviously you've done uh, loads of great CDs um and uh, loads of great music well, where do you draw your inspiration from and that's for that side of your ministry well it just comes it's, it comes from life and then the more open you are to life then the more open you are into inspiration and then you know Jesus came uh, that we might have life and have it abundantly so I ch- so it's 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 really the abundance of life that winds up being the inspiration and as uh, as it's uh sadly known that life has uh, many different sides to it, you know, sides that are joyful, sides that are really sorrowful, sides that are tragic. And um, being a member of a community that lives and works with the poor in very difficult areas uh, provides me with uh, different dimensions of life that uh, I wound up singing about and writing about, rapping about, and and being about, you know. And, um, And that's a beautiful thing. And then when you see people who suffer, you know, exercise a capacity to, to, to move on and to continue to, to, to demonstrate and to give some sort of, a, of, of evidence of a, and, and testimony of a, of, a, of a something, of a faith, of a mystery, of a, of a, of a reality, you know, uh, that, that, that moves them on and keeps them going is just, uh, I mean, that's just the real deal. And then for someone like myself who's a priest, you know, and presiding over the great mystery of the Eucharist, and and uh, I mean, just just that in itself, really, because that's that's the absolutely high point of of life in every sense of the word, in the fullest sense of the word, in terms of the world to come, in the world we're here right now, and so so my stuff really is is the inspiration is 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 it's drawn from that, but it, it flows from from that. Well, because here's a question as well. You see, I mean, how do you m- maintain that fire? You know, fire into flame. You know, that that, that passion that, that that you remain. How how does a young person sort of you know uh, maintain that, that that fire and that that spark, that zest for God? I mean, you travel all around the world and you never lose your your, your passion for the gospel and for proclaiming it and singing about it. Well, you gotta put the sense. To just let's just go before you go to the fire within. Just go to the fire on the outside. I mean, if you're gonna try to build a campfire. 
you know, if you're going to try to build a fire in your fireplace, you know, you, you got to have... Uh, you have to have a place to build. You know, if you're outside, you got to you got to build fire. You got You got to have like a little. You got to make sure there's no. You know, it's going to be safe. But you got to show it's go- that's going to be possible. And then, so you you know, you take you clear off your little spot. You put some rocks around it. But then you need some kindling. You need stuff to start the fire. And you need something to spark the fire. And then more importantly, you need to make sure that you got a supply of stuff to keep throwing on the fire. And you got to keep your eye on it. It's got to be well tended. You know. And so to put that in the language of theology, you know, you got it's, it's fidelity. You know, if you're not praying. If you're not going to church, if, for those who are Catholic, if you're not going to confession, you know, for those who are human, if they're not completely overwhelmed by the mystery and trying to do something to respond and, and to be and to be engaged in, in that great mystery of life and love, then you ain't going to have no fire. Never mind, keep it going. And then there's going to be a fire burning inside, though. That's going to be the wrong fire that has destructive en- energies. And most of the time, most people are really suffering from being consumed in the fires of self-hatred. And if it's not the hatred that they have for themselves, it's the hatred that they're feeling around them, and it's the hatred that somebody might have for them in one way, shape, form, or another is manifesting itself. And this is happening on a global scale, not just, you know, for personal individuals. And it, it, so it's, 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 this is a worldwide phenomenon. You know, but to getting back to in myself, so I'm just, you know, I, I just, I just got, I got plenty of stuff, you know, always just keep throwing it. Got to keep that fire going. Now, here's the thing, you know, um, with regards to music, why sometimes can it be detrimental to our characters, our personas, the life we live sometimes, uh, with, with the music that we listen to for the good and, and for the bad? Same reason why when you put, like, bad food inside of you, it's bad for you, you know? So, I mean, it could just, you know, start giving you extra weight, make you fat, which is going to make the body work harder. It ain't going to make you look as good and feel as good about yourself as you'd like to be because uh, foods have nutrients or lack thereof or whatever, just fat, calories, you know, grease, you know, the chips, you know, beer, ice cream, lots of sugar, you know, whatever it is, kind of tastes good and you enjoy eating it, but it's got really negative effects on you. Same thing is exactly true with music because music is like a food because it, it... Believe it or not, like it or not, the fact is that it nourishes your spirit one way or another, for good or for ill. And it goes beyond your personal taste, because you could just say, I love the chips, you know, I love the beer, I love the sugar. And you can just, like, keep eating chips, beer, and sugar, you know, knock yourself out, say, I really like it. You know, I'm gaining all this weight, and then all of a sudden, you know, the heart, you know, you're going to have problems. Problems are going to come. And, you know, people be listening to music, oh, I like the beat. Well, I don't pay attention to the words. There's a lot of different dimensions that we can, you know, we can slice up and we can discuss. We don't have time for that. But the fact is that there's a lot of different dimensions that have a nutritional value on the interiority of a person. And it's the interiority of a person that winds up shaping, for good or for ill, you know, with darkness or with light, with positive energy or with negative energy, you know, with love or with hate, uh, and with good or with evil, that's going to develop things within them and about them. And so it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, and it's very subtle. And it's very subtle. It's like some of them, it's like a drink that they call in, in America. I don't know if they have it here. You know, they call it iced tea. They call it a Long Island iced tea. And when you taste it, it just tastes like iced tea, but it's got like nine different types of alcohol in it. And then after you drink one of them, you, you know, you, you want to have another one because it's a hot night and it's really cold with tons of ice and it just tastes so good and it goes down so sweet and easy. And after the first one, you're spinning. You know, people have two or three of those things, man, and they, they black out and they don't even remember what happened to them. And it's that pretty poison, man. You don't taste it. It's hard to notice it, but the effect is tragic, and many times it's undetectable, goes under the radar, and that's why you have to be really careful. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, Father Stan, thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Peace and blessings to you. Totus to us for the most tip-top, top chat.